0: We are glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. Now listen to this. Back over to 2 Peter. Chapter 1, verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as His divine power hath given unto us all things, how many things? All All things that pertain unto life and godliness. Now see that includes all the promises of God. Right there. He's already given them to us. He's not going to one of these days when we get to heaven. He's already done it. God's provision's already made. Now, All things, he's given all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge. How? Through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby or by this means are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these we might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now, notice what he says. This is the means whereby God is made available that you can become a partaker of the divine nature of God. Now, you start talking about being a partaker of the divine nature, and there's a lot of folks who give you the left foot of fellowship. He says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. Now, you know, if he'd have said it's added to you, that'd have been great, wouldn't it? But he didn't say it's added. He said it's multiplied to you. Now, you didn't have to go to about three grades in school until you found out that multiplying builds up faster than adding. <laughs> Grace and peace is multiplied to you through the knowledge of God. Now, that's why it's so important for us to have the teaching of the Word of God and to understand the things that God shares with us in His Word. Because when we gain the knowledge of how God operates then it multiplies His willingness toward us. Now the reason for that is that you can't believe any further than you have knowledge. So until you gain the knowledge of God, you can't have faith for that promise. If you don't know what God's promised, you couldn't have faith for that promise. So this is why that you see people sometimes that are born again, they're on their way to heaven all right, they're good Christian people, they love the Lord with all their heart, but they miss it in some areas far as being saved, they're saved, they love the Lord, but over in the area of healing, they may not be able to get healed at all, because they haven't been taught healing. Then you'll have some that get saved, and they can get their healing, they've been taught on healing, and all of this comes very easy to them, but then they haven't been taught on the Holy Spirit. And they say, well, the Holy Spirit, baptism, passed away with the apostles, or just not for us today. Well, the reason for that is they haven't been taught that. So when you gain the knowledge of God, the knowledge of what God says, it multiplies His willingness towards you because the knowledge of God produces some faith of God. And if you don't have faith for the promise of God, that you most likely won't ever enter into it. Like someone said, well, now, Brother Caps, we just don't believe in this Holy Spirit business in our church. We don't believe in speaking in tongues. Don't worry about it. You probably won't be bothered with it then. (laughs) Because you have to believe in it. Now, we need to realize that God's Word is given to us for instruction. Now, I want us to go, we're talking about grace here. Let's go to Romans, the third chapter. There's something here that I believe will help us see some things very vividly. Verse 24 The Apostle Paul makes this statement, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Now, to just take that verse and quote it there, I think would do an injustice to it. So, let's back up a few verses. Romans, the third chapter. Let's begin with verse 19. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them that are under the law, that every mouth should be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Have you ever heard people quote the scriptures that's just the preceding verses here, where it talks about that there's none righteous, you know, in all of this? They've all gone out of the way. And people say, well, there's none righteous, no, not one. It says, now, we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them that are under the law. Now, see, he's quoting Old Testament scriptures there. He saith that to them that were under the law. There was none righteous under the law, because Jesus had not given his righteousness. God had not imparted his righteousness. But come right on down to verse 20. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past, through the forbearance of God. Notice the statement in verse 24, being justified by grace, by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Grace, we mentioned in one of the other sessions, I want us to reiterate it, grace is God's willingness to use His power and His ability on your behalf. If God had not been willing to get personally involved in redemption, man would have never been redeemed. But God got personally involved. He used his power and his ability to redeem mankind. Now once Paul, as he comes on down here, and he says, To declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him that believeth in Jesus. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Notice, he is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Now, under the old law, it was the law of works. You did good things and you merited favor for it. But not so under the new covenant. Now, we get rewarded for the good works that we do. Now, listen to what Paul says. Is he the God of the Jew only? Is he not also... Of the Gentiles, yes, of the Gentiles also. Seeing it is one God which justifieth the circumcision by faith and the uncircumcision through faith. Now let's take this verse for a minute. He justifieth the circumcision by faith and the uncircumcision through faith. Now what is he saying here? He means that those that were circumcised were justified by the faith act that they received circumcision. It was an act of faith that they did it, believing that it would benefit them. But he said to those that were uncircumcised, not under the law, they were justified through the fact that they believed they didn't have to do it. So one was by faith in the act of it. The other was through faith that they found out they didn't have to go by the old Levitical law. Now we need to understand that because it's very important for us to know the difference in those that were justified by faith and the uncircumcision through faith. They didn't receive circumcision because through faith they understood they didn't have to, for the just shall live by faith and not by works. Now, notice what Paul says in verse 31. Do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid we establish the law. Now what he's saying to you is the things written under the law was to those that were under the law. But when it comes to the New Testament and the New Covenant, his preaching and teaching was that they did not have to be circumcised anymore. This was not compulsory. In fact, he went as far to say that if you go through that ritual and go back under the law, you are fallen from grace. Gets over into it in Galatians. We'll probably get to that a little further on. But notice the statement here. Do we then make void the law through faith? He said, God forbid we establish the law. Now, what law is he establishing? He's talking about establishing the law of faith, or the law of the new covenant. Let's call faith the law of the new covenant. Because, you see, works was the law of the old covenant. The Bible says that Abraham believed God, and it was imputed to him for righteousness. So it's not by works today, even though we will be rewarded in heaven for the works, good works that we do here. You can't be saved by good works. We are saved by faith. It is believing, the Word of God and acting on it. God has abundantly provided for mankind deliverance, salvation, healing, and all that he has need of. It's abundantly provided. Jesus of Nazareth, became the Lamb of God to redeem mankind and take the sins of the world upon himself. But unless you believe it, unless you enter into the provision that God has made through faith, then it'll be to you as though it never happened. See, these things don't happen just because they're in the Bible, just because it's the will of God. So it's not going to happen just because God's made provision for it. See, there must be some action on that. Can you say amen? Amen. God bless you. I do appreciate you joining us for the Concepts of Faith broadcast today. Before I leave the broadcast, I want to remind you that all this week we have CD offer number 7227. That's CD offer number 7227. It's called Grace Through Faith. Two CDs for $15 plus $4 postage and handling. Total of $19. Now, in this series, we talk about the grace of God in a little different fashion than you've probably ever heard it taught before. You remember in Hebrews, the 11th chapter, verse 6 says, For without faith it's impossible to please God. Now, why is it impossible to please God without faith? Because without faith, you can't enter into the grace of God. Now, Paul reveals that to us in Romans, the fifth chapter. He says that the way we have access into the grace of God is through faith. And let me remind you the definition that the Holy Spirit gave me several years ago. He said, grace is God's willingness to use his power and his ability on your behalf. You remember Paul said, be strong in the grace of God, not in our own ability, but in the grace of God. It's important to understand that it is through God's grace. In Ephesians, the second chapter, verse 8, a familiar scripture, For by grace are ye saved through faith, that not of ourselves, it is the gift of God. Now, it's through the avenue of faith that we're saved by grace. By grace you are saved through faith. And it says it is the gift of God. Now, he's not talking about faith being the gift of God. There is a gift of faith, special faith. But that's not what's being referred to here. He's talking about the gift of grace. And this is brought out further over in the third chapter, verse 7, where Paul says, According to the gift of the grace of God given unto me. That's CD offer number 7227. It's called Grace Through Faith. Two CDs for $15.00 plus $4 postage and handling, total of $19. We have a toll-free order line, 1-877-396-9400. Until tomorrow, this is Charles Capps reminding you the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and Jesus is coming soon. To order the product offered today, call 1-877-396-9400 or write Charles Caps.